Yayo. Rolling, rolling. Yayo. Rolling. Welcome to After Disaster. I am Anderson. There is Mike Carano Hello. directly in front of me. We come to you live on tape from Mike Carano's uh, dwindling apartment. Mm-hmm. Less and less trinkets. Uh, each week I'm here. S- slowly, slowly but surely. No tie tie, no tie tie. Uh, no. As of now, you had uh, a death in the family. Death in the family. Uh, I don't know why we're saying it with such a lighthearted tone. We're supposed to. Uh, he said he may or may not make it, so I text him about five ten minutes ago. And uh, you know, if it was Mike or I in this situation, we would have texted uh, the show and say, "Hey, turns out I can't make it. Mm-hmm. We're ten mm-hmm. minutes past the time we're set to do the show. Haven't heard from Tie Tie. Sent him a text. Nothing. Yeah. Ah, that's just yeah, millennial." It's yeah, a millennial. Yeah. Just cocky. He might have tweeted about it and maybe posted some shit on his Facebook, yeah, but how he can't make it. did not let us know personally. Did not know. Speaking of death. Don't know. I genuinely, in my heart. I think it's good Tai Tai's not here because I got a lot to talk about and I think you do too. I in genuinely in my heart yesterday, I got invited to a barbecue mm-hmm. and I swear to God, and I'm not trying to be a phony baloney mm-hmm. ass kisser. That's, I was like, this is not a day for barbecues. Mm-hmm. It's a it, it's it's fucking Memorial Day where you're yeah. supposed to pay tribute to right. people who died for your freedom. Yeah, and, and you're and supposed to like, enjoy your dogs. freedom. Let's get some hot dogs and some beer. The way that I've understood that it's been uh, manipulated by the, the 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 people that sell you things on TV is that you're supposed to really appreciate your freedom that day and and think about the people that died to give you this freedom. It's, but doesn't it? I would be angry. I pay tribute. I would be angry if I if I were in the military and I and everyone just disregarded what the purpose of the day is. I was genuinely I was upset yesterday. I was like, this is not what this is for. What'd you do? Went to a barbecue. <laughs> but I stayed somber. <laughs> okay. And did you uh I made sure that did you I go to any cemeteries or pay your I, respects? I came home, got the cameras ready. I was going to go to the military cemetery on Wilshire, mm-hmm. and the sun Explored was starting to it with set. your lens? No, I just wanted to get some shots of the sun setting and stuff and talk mm-hmm. about how I don't think there's anything funny about this mm-hmm. for the documentary that's supposed to be funny about right. death. Right. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to, you know, I've been to three military cemeteries so far and shot a lot. Mm-hmm. And I went there hoping to find an angle for some poignancy or some reason. Probably to a right go, angle. But there is there is nothing. Obtuse, maybe. There is no angle, but it's tragic. Oh, it's tragic. That's and all cute. I could think about when I walk through a military cemetery, especially the one the one in Westwood, which is pretty mm-hmm. beautiful once you get in there. Yeah, the one in San Diego is stunning. Mm-hmm. It's up on top of a hill and overlooks the bay. Stunning. Seen it. They should rip that out and put condos in. <laughs> but all I could think about, and and I know everyone doesn't feel this way. I swear to you, it re- it hurt my heart. I was like, you're a parent. Your 21-year-old son gets killed Mm -hmm. in what you may believe to be a senseless reason. Right. Like World War II, we were in, we were really threatened. We were in peril. Yeah. And and that was a war, that was a war that- Speaking the old German over there. I think most people agreed we need to fight now. Greatest generation. Backed into, yeah. Yeah. And but, I feel like the uh, powers that be here in the the states, the uh, the wicked, wicked fat cats, and uh, uh-huh. on the top of yeah. Washington Hill over there, yeah. they've been looking for the World War II ever since. How do you? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, but how do you? How do you go, my son? Now I know some people don't feel this way, but how do you go, my son or That's my a, daughter? You're just looking at it in a very cynical way, which you and, can look at anything in a cynical way. But it's the fact that there is a day for remembering and yeah. there's also veterans day yeah yeah uh th- the fact that there's a day to honor like our military rather than our leaders and you know what i mean 
Like mm-hmm. I think that like if it was North Korea or some kind of regime, it would they'd, they'd have many days throughout the year where you're just like going, hey, thank you totalitarian for 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 making my life. We got to we got to look into that. I like that. You, I love that you just. That's so typical after disaster. But I'm pretty sure they, they have probably a few days to Kim Jong Un. Like, what are we talking? You know about? what I mean? They probably celebrate oh, they probably every, have military parades all the time where yeah, yeah. you have to pay tribute. But and it's, it's really not for just, the military. It's for him. For him. It's for one guy. It's for yeah. Him. So at least they got the hot dog day. Well, that's what our, that's what our guys doing too. Did What's you see that guy? tweet he sent out? Who's our guy? Uh, T. T. President T. Oh, Trumpy. He uh, set out the Horse tweet. Horse in a hospital. Happy Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. This hey. is the greatest. The country is, you know, it just yeah. patting himself on the back and you're like, you know. Okay, let's not start off. I mean, we're okay, not even 10 minutes okay. in. But right. she, who, hey, who here's, a, here's a tip for Memorial you, Ty, Day. Mike, Mikey. Uh, how about you not pay attention to the news just I, for, i've been doing it lately I've i have not i have no idea what the fuck is going on twitter, for the last three weeks i've it's just pretty great. decided is a cesspool and well i go on, on twitter there. but i only look at uh my interactions i don't yeah I don't look pretty at good i gotta do that too i gotta get a you special twitter app that also because i only follow like 9900 people mm-hmm. and uh, i look at my feed every now and again it's dribble yeah, yeah. Uh, i i'll see a couple funny things I hope they're from, not listening from people that i know but when i say it's dribble it's because it's it's I'd say I'm up to about 90% of everything that's in my feed is retweeted by somebody. And it's like everyone's just on there retweeting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I don't follow that person for a reason. Yeah. Exactly. I, why do I now I'm reading their shit? I know. I know. And I don't, I don't buy into it either. Mm, I, don't buy, I don't buy into the things people retweet. <laughs> I, I like it for communication. Articles. I like it for quick, snappy communication and back and forth. And, yeah. and my wife, Jillian, she loves it for catching up on the news because she, she's a speed reader and she mm-hmm. can get all her news real fast. She follows everything left, right, center, and she feels like she's fairly well informed if she spends 10 minutes on, on her phone looking at Twitter. Yeah. I don't know if, if, if that's a safe way of feeling. Remember when watching the news was sort of interesting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We talked about this plenty of times this show. We did? So, yeah. We, I, I used um, to talk about uh, headline news. I'd give you 22 minutes, we'll give you the world. Yeah. I, I loved it. I, I'm apprehensive about bringing this up. Uh-oh. If it's political, let's not. It's sort of political. <sighs> Must we? There's so much to talk about this week, Mike. I don't want to get played. Okay. There's but so much do, shit going it on. It has to do with us. Okay, yeah, I want to hear. Um, somebody <laughs> bought one of my t-shirts, the uh, mm-hmm. the Baker Royal Hawaiian Hotel t-shirts. Right. And he goes, I'm kind of afraid to wear Anderson's CCP t-shirt now because it seems like like with all the Russian stuff going on that it might be kind of weird. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> oh, believe me, I thought about that plenty of times. And Recently or in the beginning? Um. Well, the the beginning is kind of recently. It's it's been going on for about a year. Or yeah, so. yeah. And that CCP logo has been around for what four years now. I've been using it. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? It, it, chance. I I know my my people and my people aren't going to give a shit yeah. about that. Yeah, you know point, what I mean? Good point. Good. I'm glad which, it didn't. Which kind of sucks because it means that you know I'm I'm really narrowing my 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 scope down a, a bit, and I'm not. My next one, uh, I already have it. And Scott's working on it. It's yeah, just old a, English. It's a giant uh, um, uh, soaring uh, ball that headed eagle that spells out CCP. That's not too shabby. <laughs> Very American. <laughs> bald headed eagle or bald eagle? Bald. <laughs> oh my god! I just want to go to the zoo and just stand there and keep making comments about the bald headed eagle and just watch people get driven up the wall. You know, I don't know if I thought about bald. I think I might have called them bald headed eagles for my entire life. Hey, Solo's hey, look, pretty look, good. Look, Atticus, there's a leopard tiger. That's a leopard tiger. A leopard tigers. Hey, Solo's pretty good. I'm looking at your Star Wars post. Uh, Is first. it really? Yeah. And wow, uh, you're the only person I've heard say that. People, I kid you. Not. I know. Ridiculous. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with people. Wow. Hey, uh, was okay. it all due to Ron Howard? 
there's a lot of run, the you can tell ron howard the, uh has a lot of passion yeah. for that franchise because there's firemen in it and he brings it no there's no backdraft references <coughs> you know what i learned from backdraft hmm. backdraft I learned that you're supposed yeah, to touch the door right before the you go in. Mm-hmm. And then if you open it, sometimes it sucks you in with the vortex and mm-hmm. the heat and the vacuum. Yep. Hey, uh, this Better Saturday, this is the last time I'll be doing this particular show with Correct you before Correct I actually Amundo. screen a feature-length film that I wrote and directed and produced. Unbelievable. It Unbelievable. Is, it is coming. It's, it's almost upon us. And I feel like I haven't done a good job of explaining what the after show is going to be, which is going to be the moderation by you, Mike yes. Carano, yes. of... Uh, keeping things moderate the, the the myself and the cast and i might mm-hmm. have like my my co-producer dp okay. mickey up there i don't know well I, there's a lot i got eight principal cast you know yeah. eight it's a lot are they prepared for that many people on stage i don't know i'm back and forth did you have no idea how many fucking emails and things and that i got you know 10 shows that i'm dealing with emails with uh, every day so a lot of the plate still uh i finished up in chicago chicago was a fantastic experience uh, mixing, doing the final mix of my movie with Noise Floor. What else did you do besides work? Uh, I worked for probably, it was 12 hours the first day and probably about eight hours the next day, nine yeah. hours. Did you get to go out at all? A little bit. I walked around and then I had all of Saturday because yeah. uh, I booked that just in case there, we, we ran long and needed mm-hmm. to do some last minute stuff. Uh, we got it done Friday night, so I wake up. Uh, at my Airbnb, uh, from from a listener, Pete set me up with uh, an Airbnb. Yeah, how was it? It was nice. It was very nice. Yeah. But I was kind of in the suburbs a little bit. It's by where I'm screening in, in Chicago, so I got to go see the the location. Oh, good. And in what'd Chicago. you think? It's cool. What'd it's an think? art. It's an art um, gallery. It's not really a movie theater. It's one of the few that I'm not doing an actual movie theater. Most of them are movie theaters. This one's an actual brewery uh, gallery space. And so, you checked out the projector and all that jazz? No, that's my buddy Chris. Is uh, He's bringing that. He was at your your Drew show. He lives in Chicago and he has like a 3,000 hour projector. Very nice guy. Yes. <laughs> but the uh, point is I, I had all day Saturday. I wake up. I was out of the uh, Airbnb by 10 a.m. That's 8 a.m. Uh, LA time. And I didn't fly out till 7 p.m. So I it was nice. Pete was nice enough to let me leave my bags at his place, and uh, I just kind of took an Uber, a Lyft into into Chicago, just kind of wandered around for around three hours. Got a sunburn. It was really hot. I was wearing the, the, the hot dog place, the Wiener Circle. No, oh, I, I just man. kind of wandered around. I got dropped off at the Shed Aquarium, and I just kind of started wandering. I didn't even see the bean. Mm. I didn't see the bean. Yeah. So. I saw the fountain where love, uh, marital children uh, starts off with. Did you notice what I've always noticed in the four or five times I've been to Chicago that the people are very nice? Very nice. Yes. Oh, brings me to my very uh, nice first. Uh, we're on the plane. I'm flying out there. Right. We get boarded. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southwest flew out, flew in Southwest. Flew out Alaska. Right. So Southwest. So they're doing the, their little jokey jokes and uh, hilarious. It's funny people. that you were you flew on two airlines where you weren't going. I know it's true. <laughs> but, they, but they're everywhere so uh i get on southway and, and it's a sign you know it's not a sign seating it's like first come first serve yeah. i got this kind of presence or aura about me that people don't want to sit next to me which yeah. is awesome i would appreciate that yeah i like that too it was probably 99 percent booked that that plane mm-hmm. uh there was a spot in between me and the guy in the aisle so it was fantastic perfect. They close the door perfect they say hey uh flight crew uh, prepare for takeoff and uh, they already did their little checky check of everything close uh, they, they announced that they're closing the the, the door uh, we're good to go. Uh-oh. No one's no Uh-oh. one's no Uh-oh. one's sitting next to me. Uh all of a sudden the the the, the door to the the cockpit opens. How, how do we just how are we okay that it's called a cockpit? All right, so door opens. The uh, well, 
especially now that they got ladies up there. It's, it seems offensive. Now, uh, pussy our, pit. You want to call it the pussy pit? But there's not just the drivers area. <laughs> our our uh, hefty uh, pilot comes mm-hmm. out with yeah. a somewhat of a worried look on his face. Yeah. We're in LAX right now, Los Angeles, right? And he gets on the uh, on the on the PA there, and he says, hey, "Everybody, listen up." Uh, just got word from the company that this plane is a no-go. No-go. The plane is a no-go. I'm, I'm a little upset with the company that they didn't uh, let me know this before we boarded you. So uh, we're going to have to uh, deboard you and put you on another plane on the other side of the terminal. And uh, hopefully I'll be out of here in about two hours. Oh, sickening. That, get, that makes everyone my stomach turn. on the plane was fine with it. Because most all of them, I've learned, uh, were going to Chicago because that's where they live. And they were delightful folk they didn't they weren't upset at all they're like oh what can you do maybe they'll give us a free drink they give us nothing but they're like uh everyone was like nice and like helping each other with their bags it was it was the two hour it's the two hour thing that bothers me (laughs) everyone was having fun like jovial people were joking around with me because i was in the wrong part of the line when i was trying to go back i'll tell you something so nice no i i genuinely have noticed everyone there was kind and i told you the story Uh, maybe i didn't i was walking around really late at night and a concert was letting out and it was beck and I just went, what play tonight? And some guy goes back. And then we started talking. And he goes, hey, man, we're going to go grab a drink. You want to come with us? Like, just immediately invited me out for a drink. And I, of course, cynical Los Angeles guy, I was like, well, what's up his sleeve? Yeah. Clearly, yeah. you're going to drug me and take my kidney, asshole. And I'm not into a three-way with you and your weirdo friends. But they were just nice people. And I was telling so a bartender nice. that who is from Chicago at the Improv. Uh-huh. And he goes, Mike, I've been saying this for years. Chicago is a place where regular people get laid. Because you come to L.A. and it's just pretty people and every, everyone else gets cast aside. And he goes, Chicago, people are genuinely interested in other people and they're nice about it. And I like, left my phone the first night I got in. I got in the night before work and I left my phone because I was almost dead from the plane and the two-hour layover and all that shit. Uh, not layover, but delay. So I plug my phone in at the in my hotel room upstairs, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm just gonna go downstairs, walk around the block, kind of you know taking the sights, let my phone charge up because I didn't want to leave the hotel too far uh, without my phone. I walk around the block, Mike. <laughs> I'm completely fucking lost. <laughs> I have no idea how I lost, but and I'm like, I know there was a Starbucks there, and there was a uh, rock bottom bar. Was up it there. dark? Dark. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know where. And I'm like, I don't know how it was the most helpless feeling that I hadn't felt in a long time because we always have our phones, yeah, right? Yeah, I got GPS there. So I asked, hey, good, what happens if we had to make a phone call right now without our phones? We have to let go. There's no pay phones. I no, don't I don't know anyone's number. Oh, and that and there's that. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. Nobody. We go on Twitter or, or Facebook and ask. You how? Know. We don't Computer, have our phone. Computers. Uh, good point. So. I'm kind of wandering. I'm not getting nervous, but mm-hmm. I could probably find it if I kept walking. But then you get that feeling like you're in the woods. Like, I don't want to walk too far in the wrong direction. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to walk into some crazy, like the bad part of town that you're not supposed to be in. And I, I hadn't taken anything in because I was sitting in the back of a lift to get there. So I asked this guy who's walking down the street. I say, hey, do you have any idea where a rock bottom bar is? And he goes, yeah, I think it's right around the corner, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm like, all right, thanks. He's like, just looking up your phone. I'm like, I left at my hotel it's it's charging so i don't have it and he's like he just stops and goes hold on and he spends a good three minutes and he finds it and he squeezes it and he goes here it's down this way i'm like dude you're not walking me to it keep going your way (laughs) thank you so fucking much but you did way more than yeah you ask someone in la they don't barely even look at you yeah yeah i don't know it's around the corner it makes you uh ponder like why 
like like my wife not cool like jillian says when we watch house hunters and we you know see other parts of the country uh she says i think we're doing it wrong i believe so as (laughs) i think so too the only way to live here is if okay first of all i've had a change of heart about la i think i like la I and like LA. I just don't like the, the. I can't. I like. I don't like a lot of the fucking transplants from all over the yeah, world. Yeah, and that are I here. can't deal with the traffic. Which is the. If there was no traffic, this would be a wonderful place to be because there are some great things to do in LA. If you take all the people that weren't born in LA, natives. That, that's us, right? Oh no, you were here. Shit, I'm out. Fuck. What? I would be out. I wasn't born here. Where were you born? Tucson. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Man. I thought you were Shit. LA. Hit, hit the bricks, Jack. Dude. Yeah. I thought I thought you Tyler and and mm-hmm. and I were all like natives. Nope. What am I out now? Because see, that's why I like Gangs in New York I, so can much. Can I still I, moderate? I understand Bill the Butcher where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that I can sit and I can openly bitch about like people coming from all over the country and coming to L.A. and and being because my theory is that people come to L.A. a lot of time because they're arrogant or they think they have something that they can offer. Correct. Or or they're trying to run from their problems and and. I, they didn't care for their family or their family people didn't care for running, them. People don't run here. They run to Montana and they run to the desert and stuff. Some when they come run here, here they, when they're young, they try okay, and make it. Show business. It's, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot of narcissism and that's a right. negative trait. And, and don't, pe- it's not lost migrate. to me that I'm trying to get into show business. Yeah, me too. Me too. People migrate here <laughs> who are by and large narcissists. Right. And that's and, the problem. And we have them and then they fail and then they're bitter and they're pissed. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have in line. Mm-hmm. That's what we have in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I can openly say all that, but if I were to say... Uh, that that happens with if if I'm bitching about those people and they're they're outside of our borders. Now I'm a horrible racist or or nationalist. It's not you racist, know what I mean? but you know it totally changes the flavor of that entire argument. Because I noticed that when I said all the people from all over the world that weren't didn't like grow up in L.A. come here and they are mean people. They're not all. They're not all mean. And 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 I don't fault somebody who wants to be an actor or wants to be a musician. No, and I and I have a, a lot of respect for someone yeah. who who has the Absolutely. guts to actually I don't I would never have the guts to move to New York to try and make it. No. Me back neither. when I was me a kid. Neither. And now I can't cuz Albuquerque I'm, maybe. I got the wife and the, and the kid. I'm not allowed to, right? So but I got I got a lot of respect for somebody who has enough faith in themselves to do that. But a lot of people I No, what that's that's just what you're going to get. Cuz it's such an appealing thing. To, to become here and become an actor mm. or become a TV person or something. It's so appealing that you're going to get a lot of shit with the very good. You know what I mean? Another fantastic interaction I had in Chicago was uh, I was walking down the street, uh, smoking a cigarette, mm-hmm. and a uh, homeless gentleman says, you got an extra cigarette? I said, no, man, I'm out. And I really was because yeah. I had one. Yeah. I, it was one. I was on my little walk. I just took one cigarette out yeah. and I was doing my little walk. And I said, he says, you got a cigarette? I'm like, no, man. I'm like, You're a racist. <laughs> really and it was hilarious and i'm like if, I, right. if I come back down here and i see you later tonight i'll give you a cigarette man <laughs> i love that I take response it back. i take it back i i, I um, said no i don't have a cigarette and he accused me of being a racist that's my, why i didn't have a cigarette my most <laughs> my my most vivid memory of chicago was i flew into chicago i did not have a fake id the guy i went with had a fake id so he went to this event we were both supposed to go to i got in the next night which was one of the great nights and into the limelight theater, we I ran in past security, like I was desperate, mm-hmm. and I was under twenty one, and I got to sit on the stage and watch like Van Halen and Neil Sean and John Entwistle just jam. It was during the Chicago Nam show, mm-hmm. and I was in the hotel alone the first night, famished, like that painful hunger where you're like, I don't care what I eat, I'll get four bags of Doritos and eat right. that shit. 
I walked out of the hotel, hailed a cab, and I said, just take me somewhere to eat. And the guy fucked me completely. Was it Dro- soft at least? Drove around for at least a half an hour going, oh, this place is closed. Let me try this other place. Oh. Like he didn't know. So we pull up to it. We pull up to a deli that was and you're open. like too young and nice to be like, Absolutely. sir. Absolutely. Sir. He, he drove miles away from a hotel and I was in downtown Chicago. He finally pulls so up. So not to everybody this, in Chicago is nice. He pulls up to this little deli. He just wanted to milk it for, you know, another extra five or six miles, extra 10 bucks. And he goes, uh, I, I, I'm, I go, can you wait for me? And he goes, yeah. And he hands me money and goes, get me uh, number nine. And I was like, now he wants me to fucking buy him food. No, he didn't want you to buy him food. No, I know, but he, but that's weird that he kind of gave me the the runner. He just yeah, he saw you coming. And, yeah, uh, he did. He did. I admit it. And I was so he bent probably lives in L.A. now. And so bitter. And I went in there, and I didn't even know what to order because it was like I was scared. I was a kid. I was like nineteen or twenty, and I was like, what what do I get? And they were like, they were typical Chicago deli people, all right. locals. And I ordered what he had. And we went back to the hotel. Turns out it was a pastrami sandwich from an unbelievable deli. Maybe the best meal I've ever had well, in my life. hungry, yes. And it washed away all of my anger and all of my feeling like an idiot for not going, dude, just fucking find a place. You know what's open. And you were fine. Like you, were, you wanted to cheers your sandwich. It was with so hey, good I and just, so satisfying. That's my most vivid memory of Chicago. great story about best a sandwich. sandwich ever I've ever had. Yeah. yeah. Glad that Chicago really brought the sandwich for your memory. They did. They got a lot to offer there. Mike remembers a midnight sandwich. It's my kind of town. You know what just occurred to me? You and I bad at business, right? Really bad mm-hmm. at business. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm about 70%. percent occurs to me every waking minute. As as we record this, I'm a, I'm at about 70% capacity for the That's biggest true. night of my life other than you know the, the birth of my child and my, and my, my and you wedding. Were at, you, were you at 100% capacity at that? No, I'm saying 70% capacity of people being there. Of the house being full, seventy percent. Oh, I thought you were talking Chinese about men- your mental state. No, seventy percent ca- literal capacity, right? Um, uh, for the LA show, the LA premiere, the biggest. That's uh, that's fan. No, but I still got four days. Seventy percent is crazy good. But I, I want crazy like closer to like good. ninety, a hundred. I know. I we all want that. I want all these T-shirts to be sold but it, too, and they're dude, not. It's a big theater. I'm yeah. afraid of there being empty chunks. Seventy percent is unbelievable. So I need. The listeners to come together and make this thing like come together. raucous. And who do I need? Right I need now. I need the people of LA to rise up and make this yeah, happen. The people we just badmouthed for sixteen. And minutes. the majority of people that live in LA Don't are the people shit. that we just talked about yeah. who are yeah. transplants. Yeah. But not our people. No, no, our people. Our are people different. are great. Our people are great. Yep. I don't I think we have that many narcissists that listen to our. It political. doesn't matter. Seventy percent is great. Hey, it's 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 the first time this movie is ever going to show anywhere, and it's the first time I've ever shown a feature film. I, I want like yeah, as many people as I can possibly yeah. squeeze in there. I gotta say, though, I want standing room. Uh, if it, if it were me and it were my film and it were my dream coming to fruition and all this work, if I put all this into it and I had seventy percent full, I would rest easy. I would. Would be you like, really? Because I feel like I feel Anderson, like if there's going to be if there's going to be like four or five like empty seats in a row, well, I'm you're feel aware like a total that seventy percent is more than three. It's almost three quarters. I know how right? math works. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a but lot I of see, people. I, I, the, the disaster artist. I saw it like five days after it was out. Now I, I get mm-hmm. it. James Franco is a big movie. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm in competition, but I saw it five days after it came out. I saw it in a theater about as big as the one that I'm showing Groupers in, and it was like a late late night screening on a Tuesday, and I sat in the first row, three seats in, because it was sold out to capacity. Yeah, yeah. There's and a, it didn't even get great there's reviews. A, there's a big difference. That was a good movie. But now it's like a Tuesday. And like they, it's not like they were just talking to one group of people well, for that, Yeah, but you're comparing your six you months. I'm not comparing myself yeah, you, to You just did. No, because it's 
I'm, I'm just saying that you know, I got to be honest with you. Your movie's eating shit because I saw Star Wars on the first night. And <laughs> no, it was I'm not. I'm not going one hundred percent. Like Tuesday, it's been out for like five days. Hey, I saw Phantom Thread in a theater with like thirty people. Like second day it came out. See, that's what I'm saying. But that's that's a, that's what you'd expect for like a movie like like the the, the Disaster Artist, which came it was five days. I don't know what I'm saying. I uh, I don't know. Selling out. Thank you any, for saying seven percent. Selling out anything. Chicago is pretty much sold out. Is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic. Okay. Okay. Like we take it for okay. granted that that it's things should be sold out, and it's that's. I don't not know if we take it, it for granted, but I, that's just not most definitely how don't. life works. Like most things don't sell out, even though it does appear every time I go to a concert, it's sold out. Every time I go on a plane, it's sold out. Oh, I forgot about the best part when we reembarked on the the new plane. Mm-hmm. Uh. A, 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 did you get large, a, did you get a skinny pilot this a time? large old man sat next to me which those are rare those are unicorns you don't yeah. see them often yeah a very large old man who was grumpy and stared forward and mm-hmm. i was i was playing like assies with with him like Maybe you know like we, cholesterol medicine was upsetting him his stomach or like something. his ass kept going on my side of the seat and then i would like possible? i would like move it a little bit and then his ass like, and then he would move over like we we're like playing footsie but with our asses it well, sucked uh, how long was that flight four hours four and a half mm, yeah that's too much time to sit next to a guy you know what i was listening to a little homesick yeah listen a little after disaster <laughs> and it was an episode that i was not on and you two fucks and i really wanted tyler to be here for this I listened uh, to you two spend, and I clocked it. I looked at the time. Mm-hmm. I actually rewound. I'm like, how? When did this conversation start? You spent 15 minutes planning some guy's trip who was going to come out <laughs> to the uh, to just the United States, and he was thinking about going to Phoenix. And you guys spent 15 minutes telling him he shouldn't go to just to Phoenix. He should go here. He should. Go. And you guys kept going back to it, and. I love planning people's trips. I love. I, I kind of dropped the ball on, on a listener that's coming out from, I believe, New Zealand or Australia. I think this is the guy. Oh, really? Well, he's still planning the trip. <laughs> he hasn't even done this six months ago. Yeah. And he's like, I'm thinking about the Sequoia, hitting <laughs> Vegas, hitting, you know, coming to LA for he's a day still, and a half. He's still getting you guys to plan. He, you guys spent 15 he's minutes on the out, show. He's coming out with his dad, and they're going to go to a rugby tournament in uh, San Francisco, I believe. I'm sorry if I can't remember the exact place. And they're going to hit a bunch of spots, and I pitched them on the usual places. <coughs> but it, I think the trip is next month, if I'm not mistaken. Unless it already happened. He's listening right now, getting driven up the wall. I, I, was, I was not comparing myself to James Franco's uh, goddamn uh, uh, disaster artist. I kinda, was not. You kind of were. I was just saying that it came. It, it was Tuesday. It was like five days after it came out, yeah. and it was sold out. And you're like, things don't sell out. I'm like, they do. And like that movie had been out in multiple theaters. Yeah. And it was five days late night on a Tuesday, and it was filled with hipsters. Mm-hmm. I had to sit in the front row, four seats in, yeah, maybe yeah. three. That's the worst seat in the house. It probably is not the best seat. In no, the house. it's not good. Yeah. It, it all belongs faces. You know what I appreciate at theaters nowadays is they have separate. Like we, well, whenever I would go to movies with Tara, we would always get seats right behind the railing. Yeah on the edge and you're kind of separate and it's perfect yeah, it's yeah. pretty pretty fantastic also a lot of the newer theaters like they don't like the front row is not the death of you you know when i was a yeah, kid correct the front like row 30 feet you could like touch it the, the front row you was could almost what, touch the it the front row was what airlines do jam as many goddamn seats in as possible it's nice they leave you know what like movie theaters feet. are going the opposite direction of of airlines yeah. yeah yeah you know what you know what's kind of like we're, we're maybe a year or two away before like we're actually part of the in the, in the baggage uh stowaway mm-hmm. area up, up top like you, that's a seat you know what theater i appreciate more and more is what used to be uh the sundance theater on i haven't been there since they but it's pretty local and uh this show's uh global yeah. but i'll tell you why 
It's AMC. The now. seats are in pairs, and in between the pairs of seats is a little table to set your stuff on. Mm-hmm. So you're separated even from your own guests. Because it's like dining me. <laughs> what? Yeah, it is. Like you're you're separated from your guests. Because for a while there, it's nice because you have plenty of room. And if you want to sit close to somebody, like if you want to cuddle, yeah, or, you, you can, can just take the other two it. seats that are right next to each other, and you can put the arm thing up. Because it used to be like going to a movie, like you'd be sitting kind of in uncomfortable seats, and mm-hmm. you'd be next to somebody. And then they started doing these like luxurious seats, and the the armrest would go up, and like you could turn that into a bed pretty yes, easy. Yes. And I'm sure that a lot of the seats I've sat to watch uh, enjoy a uh, fine film uh, had been used for coitus. I'm fairly You're certain. You're sure of that? Because that doesn't seem comfortable. No, but they, that's what I just I just established that they kind of. I know, are, but compared when, to what when, they used when, to is, when do people have time for coitus? Um, on a Tuesday night. Uh, on a sold out James Franco flick? <laughs> no, not the sold out. Every other theater probably empty. It was just that particular movie. I think it might have been limited. I think it was only out like maybe two cities. You at know that what the point. grossest part about movies is? Is when you put your head on the back of the seat and you realize everyone else's head's Yeah, and there. you think about that part. Yeah. yeah but you know what? Not bad when they're like the faux leather because it's kind of like you can, it, it's not like the they fabric need, that you They to need be. some of that doctor paper to put over the back of the seat. No, that'd be loud. Ah, good point. That would make everything quite but You know crinkly. what else is loud? Popcorn. It doesn't seem to notice. Uh, I don't seem to notice it as You're much too busy as crunching it to probably, probably. be here. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that popcorn's not nearly as uh, as much of a an offender as the, the nachos. And the nachos come in the, the loudest, the nachos, crinkliest bag. Absolutely, like, absolutely. It's almost like an ingenious, uh, evil genius way of uh, promoting your product because I everyone knows you, when you have nachos and everyone's thinking about them. I told you the story of when I went to a movie in Brea. Like you can't open a bag of nachos with that crinkly paper without everyone knowing. Oh, someone's opening nachos. Yeah. yeah. I told you about, uh, I don't know if I told you, but I went to a movie in Bray one time when I was having a lot of anxiety. It was like 10 years ago. Is this where you took the like, I, I'm, I was flipping out in my head. And I was just filled with anger. And I went to a movie. What were you so mad about? And the movie was almost empty. Mm-hmm. It was me on like the fifth or sixth row. And behind me were two people. I didn't know what they looked like or mm-hmm. what they were like, but they were eating their own chips out of a bag that was so cr- crackly yeah, yeah. that it just... You probably uh, thought it was nachos at first. So. I was flipping out and i walked out but it but i stood up to confront them i literally stood up to go what the fuck like just the entire movie and it was like two biker dudes Mm. and i just looked at them and they knew it it was obvious i stood up to say something as i was walking out like big pussy i was a max caddy move right there and i looked at the guys and i was like they're they're just like they're they're bullies that didn't get their fill in high school and they're just trying to get it in the real world or else they're oblivious they're just no they're not oblivious guys like that they're they're hoping that somebody like you will say something so they're like the cape fear de niro smoking a cigar max oh is that his name i didn't know that oh man (laughs) you made the reference first uh i did a poor example i'm in the market today with uh with the boy right Mm -hmm. and uh he wants everything I have. Actually, I got a, a, an adorable picture of him. I, I I hung a gate today, Mike. Not just any gate. Uh, you mean a gate to keep out, to keep a in the dogs? Six, a six foot high gate that's uh, at the house that I rent, and uh, it came off like the 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 door hinge, like it, it yeah. just rotted off. Yeah. So I had to take the panel off. Uh, I had to get a new panel down the, wooden at the gate Home Depot in the driveway. Wooden gate behind it. There's a second gate to the backyard. Yeah. yeah. And uh, big, big beam. I had to and, and I had to paint it up, and then I had to like mark where the where the holes go, and I nailed it. I, I, I drilled Wait, it in with a power. Just a whole new gate? No, just the one section. The, okay, the, the six foot. Okay. Uh, what do you call it? Two by four type 
thing. Okay. <laughs> and you nailed it to the other piece. And I and then I drilled holes with the power drill, okay. and then I put the original bolts in with very uh, with impressed, pliers. as I'm sure the listeners are. And uh, this thing's it always sagged a little bit, so like you know you know those horrible gates you try and open yeah. them, and they're like yeah. hitting the ground. And you gotta like pull them up. Now it just it it. it it's like a breeze. It just that's the best. Back and that's forth. pretty good. And I felt like a fucking man. Yep. Hanging a door is. I don't want to say it's an art form, but you need to know what the f you're doing. You're not talking about just a door that already exists, and you take out the pins, are you? You still have to balance it and everything. Uh, so it's you not, are talking about that. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, <clears throat> you know how many times because i'm a dumb person you know how many times i have taken a door I d- dude i did it probably three or four times with three or four different doors in the last place that i lived when i was moving take them off the hinges so that i could get a piece of furniture out that all that needed to happen was the furniture just had to be moved like one way mm-hmm. or the other right. i had no idea you've ever done that i've taken doors off their hinges and put them back numerous and you get your little fingers pinched in there pretty easy too when you put the bolts back in um my dad well you know the corona family's a little on the paranoid side mm-hmm I'd say, yeah. All of my dad's doors have uh, double bolts. Hinges going both ways. Not oh. not both ways, but hinges where you can't knock like, the bolt. Like oh, a galley? Two hinges, one on top of another. Oh, so, so, you, so you, you can't, can't take knock the, door. the bolt out yeah. because you can't get to the bottom bolt. But the hinges are always in the inside. No. I've never seen no. A, he's a got door. a gate. He's got gates. Oh, in the gates! Front. And yeah, stuff. That, okay. That, um, and and there's. I asked him why there's four hinges, and he's like, they can't knock the bolts out of the bottom hinge. You can't do it. You have no access unless you open it. So the boy, he wants to do everything I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. And he's, fuck Jillian. He's <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just ordered it. <laughs> So he sees me doing this gate, and I, I, stupid father that I am, I thought, you know what? He can hang out in a little, we call it no man's land, because it's like that cement mm-hmm. area in between the backyard and the and the front yard, and it's like in front of the garage, yeah. and it's just like cement. I thought you were going to say there. on the pool side. I was like, I wouldn't do that. No. It, it, he was hanging out on the, on the inside, like the, the no man's land there. And uh, all he wants, I, I brought a bunch of toys out there. I was forward thinking. I put sunblock on him. Like, we're going to have a nice little time, a little yeah. father-son time. I'm going to hang this this gate. You're going to hang out with me outside. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be fantastic. Here's your, your let ball. Me t- let me take a wild guess. Tools. All he wanted was the, the pliers that okay. I was using. Makes right? sense. I didn't have yeah. him out there for the power tools. I, I put the power tools away before I brought him out. And uh, all he wants is my pliers. And he, I finally said, dude, take the fucking, here are the pliers. And he, he goes right for the bolt that I was screwing. Yeah. Not bad either. Like I'll, I'll show you a picture. Like he, he was right on the bolt. Nice. Kid's 19 months old. I'm not, I'm not bragging. This is good bonding. Just, this is good father-son bonding. It was kind of cool that like he actually got right, well, you know right up in there. Look at that. Oh, that's adorable. He's like right on the bolt. That's adorable. I was kind of impressed. Because a lot a, of a lot of things he does, I'm like, ooh. You know oh, what that you know what lesson that he might be special. But you know then what that lesson is? That. It's uh kids learn um from seeing, not from hearing. It's true. He's yeah. a very visual kid. So take him to the market also today, right? Mm-hmm. We had a pretty, pretty, pretty long day. And uh he wants everything. You know, I got him in the stroller and he sees me take a little plastic bag that you put the, the produce in, right? Yeah. I I've gotten in the habit for the last six months now, I take one off for him. Is he stressing out about his movie premiere too? Because he he does everything I do, so I hand him the plastic bag, and that's just like so. Now that's his toy when we go around the market, yeah, right? Yeah, and he put it on his head, and you freaked out. No, because he, he's he's too young to open it until today. He was old enough to open it, I guess. So, but whatever, he's just he's playing with it. And of course, I'm walking down this aisle, and he takes like the and now it's all because you know what I'm talking about. They come off the ring, of course, yeah, yeah. And he's got it expanded now, and he's like trying to look through it. And of course, right as he's doing that, I see this very large woman. 
round the corner, and now she's coming my way. Mm-hmm. And she is looking at him intently, and I'm just looking at the frozen food section, trying to ignore her, her existence. And as she's passing, I hear her say, that plastic, that's not good. Like she was saying it because of the environment or because of the the child because of the child endangerment yeah. that i was uh a part of and i just said i know you should have said fuck you foiled my plans to kill my son in the grocery store <laughs> like I, and sue he, he wasn't it wasn't like it was over his head yeah, and i know that yeah. there's there's a school yeah. of thought that like i shouldn't even let him play with it because then he's gonna be comfortable with it and he might do something when i'm not looking but my whole thing is like if i keep it away from him completely and it becomes like magical it's gonna be alluring yeah Yeah. and then as soon as i'm not looking he's gonna be like looking for one of those plastic bags yep yep so i just the idea that that people are out there that just have to like like i'm i'm so fucking oblivious and dumb i was like walking around oh my son has a plastic bag and it's no problem at all it's like everyone butts into everyone else's business and and sometimes i think it's not necessarily a terrible thing i think maybe this woman was not a nice happy person she was scolding me i hadn't felt like oh she she went farther than just saying is that plastic she said that plastic that's not good you should have said that's can not you, can good. you grab him a paper bag then? Paper's better. Mm-hmm. Pa- paper's better. More porous. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then of course I'm right behind her in fucking line too. Yeah. Large woman. Oh, so I, I wasn't that close. Well, four tubs, tubs. Four tubs of butter. Tubs of ice cream. Number of them. Yeah, that sounds good. You know what? I should. I didn't even. It just. It just occurred to me as I'm talking to you. I should have said that full of sugar. That's not good. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no doctor, but I can tell you that your cholesterol is really high. Oh, I should have made some kind of comment, but then it's just awkward and you're standing there in line. Yeah, that is awkward. Yeah, Yes, it is. It sure is. (laughs) (laughs) What's not awkward? Oh, mixing the movie was so much fun, Mike. You really? get a, yeah, you got to try and find like a get it actually mixed. Uh, it has to happen at some point. I I right now I have I have several hours of like not one clip that's an hour, but I have you know, a couple hours, hours of stuff, footage, yeah. and the, I haven't even synced the audio to it yet. And I'm like, I should start doing that now. You should so probably start do doing it. it because then it'll become a well, whole. Because I can thing. just let it run. I can sync. I can take each piece. Like if there's a 45 minute interview, I can sync that audio and just let it dump yeah, into yeah. a master file. Because you and, don't cut. It's not like you're doing shortcuts. But it's um, it's so weird that to actually go like I have to sit down and do this this work work. Are you using a slate or anything? No, why but, are you recording audio? Oh, because you have two cameras. Um, and I also have lav mics. And mm. no, I have a an, a program that you should that, absolutely. I told you this at the beginning of your entire endeavor. That I know, you I know, have I, know an I know, I know, I know. Who does this? And then you'll be beholden yeah. to them because I know how you are, and it'll no, probably help your workflow. I paid, I paid three ninety nine for Pluralize, which perfectly. Is that syncs. like a woman from the Netherlands? Yeah, she's paying? she's the house cleaner and a sex toy. Pluralize. She, she <laughs> that that program perfectly syncs audio from mm. unlimited sources cool like you can just dump like eight files in there from different microphones and it syncs everything perfectly going into noise floor limited in until Chicago, tonight when i need to do it it'll probably fail and because you said that you mm-hmm. fucked yourself up. Mm-hmm. it was surreal going into this place that i've been i've been in contact with these people for the last two months now right emails yeah. and uh constantly like back and forth i have this thing uh this interface called frame.io where you see your movie and then you hear the adjustments and the, the the new sound mix on it, and then you make comments with the time code as you go. So, like if you hear something that wasn't you weren't too sure about, yeah. or you want something, yeah. then you just write a little comment, push enter, and then it's 
a little bubble pops up on the timeline and then they go in there and How they adjust. How exhausting was that like brain wise? Uh, very. And I spent, you know, I probably looked at the whole movie probably an additional seven times while doing this sound mix over the last two months. Now, they have also spent way too much time with the movie. And I say that, you know, there is no too much time. They just, you know, spent the amount of time that it took to work on it. Foley artists, like uh, sound designers, this mm-hmm. whole team, probably about nine people up on the eighth floor in, in Chicago. And I walk in there and I'm like hugging people because like I felt like I knew them. And yeah, yeah. they know my fucking movie almost as well as I do. Like they're quoting it. And uh, when we're watching it all the way through, like the, the my main That's sound cool. mixer is like laughing. That's pretty cool. Uh, certain people are like walking in when they know certain parts are coming because they want to see like their favorite line. Because, you know, if you see anything enough, like it becomes a part yeah, of your, yeah. like, you know, your consciousness. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was really, it was surreal and it was really cool and friendly and just, it was a, it was one of my favorite experiences of all Did you this. leave there going, what did I do? What do you mean? Like, like, cause I, cause if I listen to something, like if I'm recording something in like a real studio, sometimes I leave there, I'm like, my ears were so dead. Like after like the sixth time. Oh, like, like second guessing? I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, did, yeah. here's the process. Here's how, okay. This is after two months of going back and forth on the frame.io and right. And then the first day, the first 11 12 hour day uh and my composer flew in from miami too so rick was there rick urban and he was another set of years so there was four of us in the room right it's it's rick urban my composer uh cory uh Koken, corkin Koken, oh jesus and mm. uh <laughs> my brain is fried and uh myself and then an intern was also in there and so it's Corey, rick and i and, and an intern and we're watching it from the beginning and then uh if we have a note we stop and we address the note and then we watch another minute maybe and then somebody will have a note and might take three minutes to fix that note or get the right effect in there and we did that and that took uh 11 or 12 hours and we were at the end of the movie by the end of the first day the second day we go in there nine in the morning hello coffees dim the lights and we watch the whole movie on the projected all the way through no interruptions while taking notes and then we go over and we fix all the notes i had 25 rick had like 20 and Corey had like 30 35 and then we have lunch uh while fixing the notes and then we watch the movie one more time all the way through no interruptions and take notes i had five Corey had 15 rick had like three and then we do those and then we were done but we watched the fucking movie three times and it's just like you really gotta like what you're looking at i don't and i kept thinking about these movies that are like depressing slogs yeah and yeah. how you do how you spend that much time with it's, something a, it's like the same with anything. or slasher films what or, about yeah but what about um what about people that run recording studios and they have to record boring bands that that they hate over and over and they have and to over. listen to the songs over and over and over yeah. yeah like that's not um that doesn't sound fun it was fun because of the company and the jokes that were being made. And yeah. uh, Corey was so into the movie. He was so kind and like he would, you know, he would wait for his favorite parts to come up and like he would say them along with. Yeah. And I'd yeah. say, shut up, Corey. I can't hear it. I didn't. He's that. just doing that to cover up the mistakes they made. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my favorite line. This guy is, he's, he's, dude, he did hoop dreams. Uh, oh, that's great. He, hoop dream. he did great. Henry, the Porter of a serial killer. That's how long he's been doing it. Nice guy's a professional and a workhorse, man. Like I, I'd be in there for four hours, but like, Corey, I need a break dude. I'm, I, I need a pace. I need to go downstairs, have a cigarette. He's like, yeah, go ahead. I'm fine. Like he wouldn't get up. Hmm. He wouldn't leave the fucking room. Oh, I'm so that's lucky. Fantastic. How'd so you find lucky. that place? Corey uh, sent me an email a year and a half ago and you heard that I was thinking about making a feature film and he's like when the time comes for post give that me a, is fantastic that is give fantastic. me an email 
And he just found the film ball. Just he was just looking for a, a podcast about films, and he found the yeah, film ball. Amazing! How lucky am I? Because nobody else reached out about sound. Nobody. Yeah, I need to start asking for help. Um, I saw something on the internet today that I had seen before, and I wish I had looked it up more. And I don't know where it takes place. I'm assuming it's some country like Ireland or Scotland, and it's called like the potato roll or the something. Oh, roll. they go down the, the yes. hills. Yeah. People get impaled and die sometimes. Have you seen that footage? Uh, a long time ago, like on Tosh.0. Oh. It's unreal. They've been doing it for like a couple hundred years. Yeah, they tried to right? ban it apparently, and people are still doing it. But but you're watching these people just get trashed like rag dolls. Yeah. And when the minute, you know, it's in slow-mo, and when somebody just hits the ground face first, you're like, oh, that's where he's going to stop. And then you realize, oh, no, they're on a steep hill. Yeah. So he doesn't stop. He somersaults over his face plant and then lands on his knee, and then his face hits like a rock, and then he rolls, and then all of a sudden he's in the air, like three feet in the air. So how steep is that? <laughs> but there's it, the footage just never stops. Yeah. And it's just people running, and they just lose their footing, and they just go face down, and they fly up backwards, and they land and bounce. And all they, guys, right? No, no. I saw some girl really? just... Oh, it, the, the best part about it is it doesn't stop. Like they, You'd think they're going to fly up in the air, hit the ground, and then come to a stop. Right. But they don't, and the, the the momentum is so great, they hit the ground, and their face is just wedged in this fucking grass, and then when their body lifts off slowly, it goes feet in the air, and just keeps is on- Is it slow motion you're watching? Yes, it's fucking amazing. I thought, I thought you were trying to make a movie and move product. It's amazing. It was, this is like three minutes, and I was like- I need to. I, I meant to look into it before we did the show, and I didn't. I can't remember what it was even called. But. Have you seen those Criterion collection of directors in like the little Criterion room, and they get to pick out their favorite movies and keep them and talk to the the uh, talk to the camera? They've no. done it with a number of no. directors. No, I, I, I want to see that. Though. A listener sent me um, Gaspar No Noe, uh, the guy that did Irreversible, and he's picking out. Of course, he picks out Solo, fucking sicko. But like I have that, I, I only watch the first, you know, like five seconds. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is. I'll watch this when I'm allowed to, when I'm done with something. Yeah, and I, yeah. it's been sitting there for three days now. I'd like to see it. You know what? You know what's disappeared? I want the slow motion down the hill thing to be my carrot, though. Yeah. I, I won't yeah. watch it until I'm done with something. Do you know what ha- has seemingly disappeared? At least, in, maybe I'm just unaware of this, but uh, the director's commentary doesn't happen anymore because people don't really have DVDs or. You That's know? a shame. I love director's commentaries. Yeah. I heard somebody talking about it, and they said they believe it's going away. This is a long time ago I heard this, because people are too um, worried that things are going to live forever now. What do you mean? Like, if someone asks you to do a director's commentary, you're like, I don't want this around. You know, because p- people people t- didn't take them seriously at times. Like, when they would have a cast for a comedy, right. people A lot of the time drinking. they would mail it in. and Yeah, but other ones were really good yeah, and yeah. really interesting. I watched... Seven is the only one that I really. Like somebody actually just hit me with an email saying that there was, for the film vault there should be like a top five like uh, extras or or, or DVD. Uh, what, what do they call it with the, uh, mm-hmm. with the extras? Extras, yeah. I guess. Uh, and I'm like, I, I don't. I never really got into that because I'm I'm all about spending my time watching a movie, and then I don't I don't want to spend a bunch of time watching the behind the scenes. Oh, I love it. I don't I, love I don't it. like seeing like edit the scenes that were cut cuz then it changes my yeah, idea. Yeah, I don't like I don't want to see that, but I love I love when I become enamored with a film watching behind the scenes stuff. I like seeing the stills from behind the scenes. Yeah. I, I like I even I love watching I, I never really own DVDs though. Yeah, I own a bunch of them. I want to get rid of them. They should do the director commentary, but they should make it in like podcast form so anyone can watch the movie mm-hmm. with the sound down Absolutely. and listen. That's how they should do it. 
I I love DVDs that shit. are going away. And I'll tell you something. I like watching people work that really do their job well. And it, and it's I realize you just see me not, hanging that fence today. <laughs> 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 but I really like watching people do their jobs that do the. And I don't even care if it's manual labor. I'm I'm riveted. If it's like watching people, I watch a guy on the internet built make belts, and I was like, this is amazing. This guy's like a leather craftsman. You must love Benihana. Point is. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, I watched quite a bit of footage of Wes Anderson's cinematographer working, mm-hmm. and I'm, oh, I'm like, I good. could never do that. Yeah, like that guy is so dead on with those crazy, you know, coming down a hallway with the camera and then just going swinging whoosh, and landing yeah. right on somebody, and he just nails it time Muscle and time. Memory. What's that? Muscle memory. I don't know, but he he nails it, and you're like, wow, because that stuff is so squared off or yeah. so like asymmetrical or it's probably a total right angle that's the second time right angle has come up on the show but maybe but it's, so, and it's he's probably still muscle nailing it. He, like he wh- might go to the gym for that you know where he just yeah. gets like where his but he's an older guy and watching him like on a on a dolly while two guys are pushing him and he's hauling those ass. things are heavy as shit too. but they're pushing him and he, he's he's hauling ass because they're walking briskly down a hallway and then the camera just it comes to a stop, and the camera just swings to the right, mm-hmm. and there's another. It was Ralph Fiennes, like in a phone booth or something, and I was like, "How did he nail that shot and keep it level?" And Maybe Ralph it? moved a little bit when he to adjust. To make oh, he just he stands crooked <laughs> like at an angle. There's like a level on the camera. Where'd you find that? And I thought you were supposed to be making a movie yeah, and moving yeah. your merch. I, what are you I'm, doing? I distract myself. I've <laughs> hey, by the way, I've shipped every T-shirt I sold. The shirts look great. Yeah, I, I like. I them. really like the shirts. I like them. I told Mike he should bring some to the uh, premiere because we'll have a lot of our people there, and they might want the shirts like in person. And uh, he he said no, which I, I get. I knew that you would. Uh, I get that you that, but I'm not mooching in on your night. I know, but you're gonna be there. I I said you should at least have some in your trunk so that if you run into some listeners, they're like. Do you have any here on you? I will. You can be like, hey. I will do that. I'll put well, I'll leave some in the trunk. I, I gotta bring can, I can hook you up. I gotta I bring Scott one. And you definitely Either have way. to bring Scott one, yes. Um the, else, else? Y- y- Oh, can I get okay. to my big thing with you? Yeah, real quick, I just want to say, and I told this story on my podcast, but the whole thing about these shirts that I find like just makes me giggle mm. is the story. That I was enamored with that wall on that piece of shit creepy scary motel and i've been enamored i've He's been talking about the wall in baker which uh yeah there's a wall that's burnt down now and they had this really crappy so the wall doesn't exist anymore no it's burnt to the ground but they uh, had this terrible like rendition of palm trees on a to be tropical Hawaii. desert yeah. island and i just thought what child painted that and it was huge it was like two and a half stories tall and i would take pictures of it every time i, every time I went there and that's the tie-in what what made you like it I just thought it's so ridiculous. The, it's it in the Baker, this of it. terrible town with a prison. And it's just a shithole. And then somebody opened a, a Hawaiian-themed motel, and they painted that crap. You know what it's like? You know what it's a, a lot like is, you know, guys that are in prison, and they just, they're just they in their cot in their cell, and they just want to get out. And like, you'll, yeah, you've they seen paint prison the, movies. They paint a woman sitting on an island. They'll paint a woman, or they'll yeah. paint like you know something <laughs> that they, they, they yeah. aspire to get to. One but day. I was, but I, it was the, in the middle of the town. But the so whole it's like thing, they're all in prison. The thing that makes me smile about this shirt is I just picture, and maybe it'll never happen, but I picture somebody wearing the shirt and somebody going, "What is that? I've seen that before." Because thousands and thousands of people have seen that wall. But nobody has probably yeah, gone. because of going through yeah. Vegas and uh, going to Vegas. Maybe tens of thousands, maybe yeah. hundreds of thousands. I don't know. But I just picture at some point somebody. Do you know that that conversation is going to be what like. What is that shirt? I've seen that before. And, and then it's going to no have idea. to be like, and what is, 
and it's going to get to like, and then Mike's the miscellaneous yeah, adventures. Yeah. Mike is a whole other thing. Yeah. Well, I intentionally made that really, really faint. <laughs> of and, course you did, Mike. Yeah, of course you I did. I wanted it our to be shirt more guy who was. Uh, we we talked about it at length last week. Who I continue to defend, even though you know his great ways guy, are a great guy, and he's always. I've every shirt that I've had made with cold cockle and uh, and and the grouper shirts, and uh, I think I made some, I made a, a couple different cold. They're always they always turn out great. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Um, and I always I still get you know people email me saying my favorite shirt. Like I, I yeah. get really upset when it's in the laundry. Uh, I'm I'm apprehensive to do this because but I I was gonna I wanted to see if he would do a small run of extra larges and a couple of XLs right. XXLs for people that requested them, but I'm scared that I'm gonna go. Can I just get like 15 or 20 more shirts and he's gonna be like yeah it'll be like two and a half weeks. Well, I told you I gave you a plan for that, yeah, but he, he has an art guy that kind of touches things up. And uh, first thing he did was he put an outline around Mike, the name of Mike's show, so that you could actually see it on the shirt. And Mike's like, "What are you doing? No, yeah, I, I don't want you to see the actual text on there. You can see it, but I wanted it to be. I want. Subtle. I wanted a you shirt that was going to be subtle that somebody could wear that wasn't going to be like some crazy podcast shirt. You know. So we have like uh, ten minutes here before we. And there's still up. larges and uh, mediums left. If anyone wants one, they're great shirts. They're great looking shirts. I like them. I'm pretty excited about it. I I'm think the next ones need to be more. Uh, not so inside, but inside. Yeah, because like the film ball, we made one called the mouse died, and it's like uh, like that computer mouse, but it's dead because it's like a real mouse. Yeah, it's, it's very very uh, inside joke. Esoteric. Somebody yeah. said on the show. Well, I oh, you don't listen at all, dude. Do I do it's listen. A, it's an ongoing thing. Uh, Brian, a long time ago, because of his chemo, I didn't understand something he said, and I said, "What the mouse died?" And he said, "No, my mouth is dry." And it became, and then every time he would stumble or mumble from that point forward up until today. When he mumbles, I'll say the mouse is dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. the mouse died. But now, since the t-shirts didn't move like gangbusters, you don't want to say the reference anymore. No, no, the shirts. I think they sold fine. It was oh, like I thought you were just going to say they didn't sell three or four years inside. ago. I didn't like. That's the only shirt that I didn't get because I, I didn't get one for myself. It's just too inside. It was a little bit mm-hmm. too uh, inside baseball, as they say, or as Brian says. Uh, ah, so yeah, with the boy. Right. Okay. Feeding him his dinner as I always do every time. Mm-hmm. Every night around six o'clock our time, six fifteen. He's just about wrapping up and uh that's when the wife rolls in. Jillian comes in, and she says, Hi, honey. I said, Hi, honey. She says, uh, I just spent the last half hour. She she drives uh hour and a half is her commute home from work. Okay. Hour and a half. It's too long. Yeah. Ninety minutes. So she has a lot of time to listen to shows and listen Uh-oh. to radio. Uh oh. No, no, it's fine. She does listen to this show. I, I, we've talked about this before. Like, it's the only thing that I do that she listens to, and it's kind of nice. She's like aware of things that are going on because sometimes I forget to talk to her about stuff that I talk to you guys about. <laughs> so she comes home and she goes, "I just spent uh, most of the drive uh, home. Um, how do I phrase this? Um, putting together an idea or or a game plan." I should also mention she hates her fucking job. She, not that her job's bad she just doesn't like being away from her son of course she took those two days off when i was in chicago and she, she was stay-at-home mom and she loved it she absolutely loved it she she loved being with the, with atticus every day uh, you know when i was gone mm-hmm. and and then there's memorial day yesterday where everyone ate hot dogs and Wait, forgot why they were eating avon she gonna do avon and no it's better and she uh, went back to work this morning, and like I have not seen my wife that like just she was just depressed. Like, yeah, she's like I don't want to go back tomorrow, and it's a long, long commute. And then she sits at a computer. She does the Lord's work. She's helping, you know, mm-hmm. like house homeless people, and she's a social worker, and she it's long hours, and and she wants uh, she wants an alternative. 
Okay. She's 100% serious about this, I think. And I told her, I said, this is not going to go anywhere. And she goes, it might. <laughs> What's her? Because lo- I'm looking for ways to make money now, too. That's what it's about. And I and I can't believe that she said that. I, I thought I knew my wife, but she's... Because what she does is she she's like an auditor, and she cor- she puts things together, and she makes things sure things work smoothly, and she wants to manage you. <laughs> All right. She really does. She's like, I think it could really be lucrative for the both of us, and it wouldn't be like a full-time thing, but I want to be like, the, like everyone would deal with me. Uh, I would put together the, the it's so funny because you brought that up earlier in the show. She's putting together some stuff of like different ways, different type of photographic jobs. It's terrifying. It's strangely exciting because I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on this. Everyone's got bills to pay. Everyone's right. got rent to pay. Um, I, I need to have an income to pay rent within it's the be, next. It'd be one of those things where you can work as little or as much as you like. Yeah. And she says, and she said that maybe I'm the firing maybe the my best, life coach tomorrow when she, she said, comes over. Maybe the best thing about working with me, she says, uh, this is Jillian. I'm talking. She says maybe the best thing about Mike will think about working with me is it'll all be like texts and uh, emails. Like there won't be phone calls. I won't be bothering him with phone calls. And the phone calls from the clients who find you on the websites or whatever promotion or whatever, they call and they get Jillian, and then they talk to Jillian. Or they email with Jillian, it's and Jillian goes idea. back and forth, and then that she and she idea. does all the paperwork, and she does all the taxes and everything, and then she just sets you up with, and you can turn down any job you want. Is she the one that's going to uh, rip me off when we're successful? <laughs> Absolutely, like some like everyone who hires their brother or something. Because she, was, I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know, honey. Like you know, photographers, yeah, everyone's a photographer. My now. favorite part of this story, first of all, any light at the end of the tunnel makes my makes me feel happy. So this makes me feel happy. But then I have to go back to you telling her it's not going to work. Well, I, I said it's a bad I, idea. I was just thinking that you, I, what I was telling her is Mike doesn't want to take pictures for a living. Like, and I get that because I, I don't want to do sound for a living. Yeah. I, I, I did sound for a living for a long time. I, I made really good money hey, doing sound. Let me tell you I something. At it. Let me tell you. Yeah. There's times where I love the job. Mm. I love it. Like when Dana Gould wanted me to shoot those bobbleheads. Yeah. Like that's creative. That was thrilling. Not thrilling, but I enjoyed that job. And I, I, I wish there were more things like that where people gave me stuff and said, do whatever you want with them. Just give me some really cool images. Like, I love that. It's the boring stuff, which is a lot of it. I, of course. You know, it's of like, course. But I'm willing to do it now. And I'm, I'm, I'm gearing up for the hardest thing of this entire process that I'm going through right now, which is which involves the therapy, the trying to sell stuff, trying to clear out my head, trying to fi- have a plan to pay my $23,000 tax bill. Um, all of this stuff, the hardest part of it by far, which I get from Paul, from my life coach, from my therapist, is you need to do self-promotion. You need to tell people, I will take your picture and here's the amount. I can't. Jillian would do all that. Yeah. That and I you can't would just do that take part. the picture. Yeah. But I'm willing right now, and and I know I'm not good at this, and I know I don't I don't love this idea. But if somebody were to give me a little bit of leeway and just accept what I give them, and I don't mean like I told her that too. I said he's really what he really stresses out about is the editing and then touching them up. And she says, no, I will negotiate. No, no, I mean like if somebody they only get like five or ten. If somebody wanted me to shoot a wedding, I'm not a good wedding photographer. I'm not the guy because there's so much pressure and there's specific things but if somebody were to go I just want your view of our wedding I would absolutely do that and I would I would enjoy what the fuck What do you mean your view? It. Like let you do it your way? Yes, well to an extent not don't expect stereotypical wedding photos 
Like I will give you I cool. Think I think there's a market for people. But who I will don't give you a cool view of your wedding from, from there, my perspective. Let me ask: Would 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 guests make any of these pictures? Probably not. Yeah. See, that might be going too far. I think that you have to have the guest and probably the bride and groom should probably. I was kind of kidding there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're only kind of kidding. No, but I know how I know people you would love these. to shoot an entire wedding and not have a single person in a photo. No, but I, I know how people are, want these spe- specific things. Of course, I would get the ceremony. Of course, I would get the ring and the cake and stuff like that. But I like getting the candid stuff that they don't see. I think that you are you have such an eye and you're you're capable of nailing down what you need. To, and maybe it would take a little bit of practice in, in doing this and that. But I think you would also love socializing and I think the stories that you would get out of it for your own shows. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just weddings. It's like there's there's plenty of portraits and all sorts of stuff. There's yeah. all sorts of stuff. I'm 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 doing it. I, a I'm lot starting. of it has to do with giving up creative control and just yeah. doing what people want. But you, the people would choose you too. And I've been saying this for a long time. And Jillian... It doesn't feel like Jillian it. Jillian locked onto this. People, especially people in, in Southern California, we've already talked about this, like they like the idea of, you know, Hollywood and Tinseltown and, and, you know, stars. And you got a lot of those that you can put on your resume, like, hey, I shot this person, that person. Yeah. Recognizable faces, that's going to give you the leg up. And you're a great photographer, so. I don't feel like a great photographer. I know, you never will, because that's, a great photographer would not feel like a, it's a cliche, I know, but like. I people feel that like think an, they're great I, photographers aren't great photographers. I feel like an okay to good photographer and a good touch-up guy. That's yeah. what I feel like. Huh. Well, what do you think Ansel Adams? He was all touch-up. Like, he shot those things in he full is, color. He is all touch-up. Yeah. And no, he didn't shoot them in color. I'm, but I'm joking. <laughs> he touched them up so much that they became black. Well, you know what he did is he shot everything with multiple red filters, which accentuates Infrared, the right? contrast. No, just the con. If you put a red filter red, on black I, and white yeah, film. Yeah, I, I got really into that. Yeah. Uh, and there's that whole film, the Cuba film that was shot with that. Well, they shot with infrared. I'm not diminishing his work, but his work is all touch up. Yeah, it makes the contrast really high. He would spend weeks and weeks and weeks printing one photo. Mm-hmm. Like just no not good enough rip it up make another one burn and dodge it in different areas no yeah and, until he got see one. you want to do that with with the wedding stuff n- n- what i if if somebody and weddings would be like one one portion that if would be somebody like one, wanted me to shoot their wedding i would take the 15 best photos yeah. to it to me and i would touch them up and make them look you'd probably only have to do 10 fantastic because that's what most people offer on their websites jillian's already started research yes I, I couldn't believe but it. i i want to do that i want to make them look how i i want them to look and then give that to people I forget the other gigs you're talking about there's there's baby portraits or toddlers which would be a whole thing but that could be a possibility because nah, that's sure better for women because it's creepy when a guy does it yeah but jillian could be there yeah the Depends. uh because uh, I know you get great pictures. All right, take off that diaper. <laughs> and there's another one that I forget what she what she uh, said, but she's already done some research. Just I think on her drive home and I had I, I had a couple of women in the past like four or five years approach me about taking like sexy pictures, mm-hmm. and uh, they turned out to be crazy people. Yeah, so I would think because I would have done it. It wasn't nude. It was just they wanted like pictures for their boyfriend or yeah, husband. Right, but they turned out to be psychos. Yeah. No offense. No offense. No Are offense. They listening? One might. She's not crazy. No, she's she was the one I can <laughs> No, I gotta do it now. I gotta do it now. I mean I gotta start this shit like in the next couple of weeks and, and start taking Well some maybe more. we'll have some lunch or something too. Oh you know what? Yeah, okay, great. Um I wanna talk to you about that thing too, but uh all right, we gotta we gotta wrap this fucker up because I can barely see straight. Wrap it up. Uh, and we couldn't it. lean on Tyler this week like we normally do where he just takes over. 
and tells his fucking story about London. <laughs> the one time that he took over was the last live show. <laughs> Tyler, if you're listening, was we, that uh, the live show? Yeah. Miss we you. got the never-ending London story? Sorry about uh, the family, yeah. the, the, the death in the family. Uh, yeah. I told Jillian about the death of the family, and I guess she knew that person, and she's quite saddened about it. Yeah. So. Uh, hope to see you all out at the grouper show. There's you no all. pressure because uh, I, we don't have enough seats for you all. There's no, there's no light. Well, we're only at seventy percent. So, but what if there's like five thousand people standing in front of the theater? I'm we're not really even here. nervous yet, and I don't know if I should be. But let's not get nervous. Because I, I started getting nervous. I'm nervous. You know what I'm nervous about? Huh? Why are you nervous? I'm just nervous because it's something you made and it's going to be on display. Yeah. And it, it, I already know how I, I've, I have I reflect enough practice. on my own vulnerability. I have enough how, practice on how this goes where I watch my shorts and I did it at a cold cockle night and I've done it in plenty of uh, yeah. uh, uh, festivals. And I'm, this is not humble brag. It's just, it, and I did it in film school plenty where you sit there and you're watching your movie that you spent you know, hundreds of, perhaps thousands of hours on, like mm-hmm. two and a half years on. And people are consuming it within, in less than two hours, and you're sitting there watching your creation, and all you see are the mistakes, and all you see are the shortcomings, and all you hear is the lack of laughter. And that, That's my own experience, and I know mm-hmm. it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I'm going to love seeing people before. I'm going to love checking people in, I almost and I'm like going to love seeing people after. With the crowd. I'm not going to with all of the screenings, but I have to with the Chinese theater. I can't walk yeah. out on my own, you know. Like, so I'm going to sit in there for that. The, the reason I say that is, um, I remember I Chinese would go, theaters, I should say. Like whenever we did, not we, but whenever Bob did screenings of God Bless America, like Tara had to go to like five of them, and I went with her to the last two or three. Mm-hmm. And the minute the movie started, she'd be like, "Can we just go?" And we would walk. And Bob would left too. Bob went out to dinner. Yeah. And Tara and I would just walk outside and walk around the block and yeah. come in when it was wrapping up. Yeah, I'm not going to be hanging around for. I'm showing it like I think 11 cities. I'm not going to be hanging around forever. And go, well, I'll be around, yeah. but I think I'll be like in a lobby or, yeah. you know, I'm not going to go down the street and have a have a you know a beer or anything. But I, I'll I, I'm not going to sit there and watch my movie. I'm not that guy. I hear about people. Like Paul Thomas Anderson. He'll like just kind of wander in and sit and and I don't know if it was Paul. Th- I shouldn't say that, but I've heard of. Plenty of directors like after it's already yeah. you know, wide release coming just to a matinee and sitting in and watching it. A lot with of the people do that. A lot of actors do that. Yeah. Um, PTA was uh, and so was Johnny. Uh, they times. were at that last the last time we saw Phantom Thread. They were there. Uh, really? Yeah. Wait, I don't know when the last time you saw the Phantom Thread. Was we on. saw it. You keep saying we. Opening. I don't know who we is. Tara and I saw it opening night. Uh-huh. And then or, we saw it again. And then, and then one day she said, "I'm thinking about seeing Phantom Thread again." I went, "Okay," and, and he, he was again. there. Okay, so he does do that. I'm no, but crazy. the third time, we saw it with the symphony downtown oh, cool. at the Ace. Well, yeah, he should be there for that. Yeah, but he didn't. It wasn't a Q and A. It was like the when when they well, when, he wanted to see it with a live symphony. I get that. But when the musicians were taking their bows and stuff, the the conductor like had to forcefully pull him out of the audience, yeah, and, yeah. and he just like took a bow, and then he pulled Johnny. I forgot his last name. Greenwood. Greenwood. Yeah. Pulled him out, and he just quickly just waved and bolted. Yeah, that guy's awkward. Yeah. Awkward dude. Yeah, he wasn't comfortable, like, standing in front of the audience. He's what they call a uh, creative genius. Recluse? Perhaps a, well, a he recluse. Wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been there if he was a recluse. Uh, all right, cool. So, 
I was not comparing my. This is something that they're gonna have fun with. I was not comparing my movie to the Disaster Artist in any way, shape, or form. But uh, even though Mickey, my co-producer and DP, his first gig out of film school was on the actual room, the room. That was his first movie. I had forgotten about that. He was actually on that movie that the Disaster Artist was based Unbelievable. on. Unbelievable! I forgot. I forgot about. And that. yes, of course, there is fear that my movie is so bad. That it is like the room, like in my head, and Mike, you might be able to relate to this. Like every movie I can think of that I've ever seen in my life, I can convince myself is better than my movie. Of course, I do that. Every single movie I've ever seen, including Troll Two, everything I've ever seen, I can convince myself is better than Groupers. If I were in your shoes, I think one of the concerns I would have, and I'm not planting this seed, and I'm not saying you you would think this, but I would think. I hope it's either as bad as as the disaster artist or or, or the, room, the room or because you don't want it to be just a yeah it's not going to be I, I I knew that when I sat down to write it there's no way you can see this movie and be like eh you're either gonna really like it really hate it or at, at the very least you're gonna remember this movie because I there's nothing worse than going to see a movie and then like you know two days later like did I even see that yeah. Yeah. There's no forgetting groupers. There's no denying the fact that you witnessed it and saw it because of everything that goes on in it. All right, before we go, did you see Isle of Dogs? Yeah. And what did you think? I liked it, but like with every single Paul, uh, Wes Anderson movie, that like after the the second act, the third act, he tries to get too too sentimental and and serious in tone, and the girl ru- ruined it for me. And the love interest, I, I don't care. Yeah. Like going I back it. to Bottle Rocket, I loved it. Did you think I love the first did two? You think I, it was better than uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. No, I like Fantastic Mr. Fox more because there was way more comedy than that. Yeah, that was great. That was really great. Those were those are works of art to me. They I mean, they really Fantastic are. Fantastic Mr. Fox is just that is a work of art. And I love his I love his eye for the frame. I just don't like it for live action uh you know 90 minute 2 hour features. It's mm-hmm. just it's just too much and it just it just comes off as too cute. Yeah, I love it's it. It's cute, cute, cute. But if it's supposed to be cute like Fantastic Mr. Fox what the Royal Tenenbaums is one of my favorite films. I know it is. And uh, Arrested Development was actually inspired by that movie which makes I had no me- idea. Makes me want to like it more, but I didn't like Royal Royal Tenenbaum. I know I'm kind of alone in this. I, I don't want to get on the Wes Anderson thing. Cause I okay. All right. See you Saturday. Yes. Uh, very excited to see you there. Doors are at six, I should say. If you are coming, I know a number of you are. Uh, doors are at six. The show, the movie starts at seven. And uh, we're like um, Chinese theaters right there in the middle of Hollywood and Highland. Uh, we are going to be in Cinema 6, Theater 6. And uh, hopefully I don't wake up before now and then. Because uh, I still can't believe this is happening. What a fucking nightmare that would be if I this up. didn't happen. Yeah, I, I I've had dreams that are this fucking intense. I really <laughs> oh, have. What a nightmare! And you wake up, and you're like, "Oh, that was shit. All oh, that was just bullshit." Uh, usually, it's bad stuff though. This might be bad <laughs> Sunday morning. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night.